Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Ayo, let's go. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. It's been a while. Apologies for that, but uh, we're going to say... American Thanksgiving was our vacation because we have not taken a break since uh, the Leafs lost in the playoffs. So uh, we needed a little one, I guess. So welcome back to Leafs Late Night, where it's never too late for the Leafs. I'm your host, Roscoe, joined by Beaner and a special guest today, Mikey D from the Believers Podcast. Mikey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good after, you know, 4-2 win and a couple, in the words of the late, great Mr. Leahy, a couple of drinky poofs. Drink you. Out of boy. One one for the liquor. Yeah, and uh we'll pour one out for the late lay he may he rest in peace. Uh so as I mentioned, it's been a couple games and the Leafs haven't lost yet. We got a four game winning streak going. And not this only that, Mitch Marner. No kidding. Mitch Marner's on a seventeen <laughs> game point streak. After today. Oh, whoop, whoop. Uh, what does that put him? One away from the Leaf record of eighteen, Beaner? I. Uh, yeah, it should be 18 with Eddie O and uh, Daryl Sittler. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure two of them tied for that. So uh, one more puts Mitch Marner in the ranks. What do we think? So let's let's start off with the, let's do it right out of the gate. Belief or disbelief? Leafs at Sharks on Wednesday. Do we think Mitch Marner is going to tie it? I believe he'll break it and he'll get a hattie along the way. Oh, baby. So... Uh, you think it's going to come the next game against the Sharks? We got the Lightning uh, and Stars next up. So two, two tougher teams, tougher goalies after that. But I think if he's going to tie it, the Sharks look like a good game to do it. I mean, it's it's funny with the Sharks because like they're in such of a well, like a tear down season. Like they're way out of the picture. Um, even though they had the Leafs number last time, um, the Leafs have looked a lot better as of lately, which is a better reason to believe. Um, and not only that, but going into tonight's game, Marner had said he put a Z on his stick for, for his dog, Zeus. And as a, as a dog father myself, oh, that's, yeah, that's a reason to believe that, uh, he's, I thought he was going to have a three point night, but it was still nice to see that he got on the scoreboard. Um, but there's something about like, you know, at the way that the Leafs have played recently, um, and then especially where the Sharks are. Uh, also, side note, the Leafs are going to be wearing their reverse retros against the Sharks, which I thought was weird because they should have worn them tonight. For for a jersey that's based on a 62 jersey, they should have worn them against an original 16. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, Beaner, you're muted there. No. Sorry, it would have been, um, been the Red Wings choice because it's in Detroit, right? And with theirs, ugly wish.com or wish.ca jerseys there was no way they were getting the leafs were going to wear their retro ones as well but if they're wearing them against the sharks maybe we'll get to see the the california seals jerseys from the sharks maybe it'll be a full retro night that'd be pretty sweet yeah that's what i'm thinking because the leafs reverse retro this year is a home jersey so they couldn't wear it against detroit with their home jerseys but the the sharks is a white one so i think that's possible and those ones are so sick oh, they man. are i still think they should have done the white skates man that would have been perfect go all out so uh beaner what do you think belief or disbelief marner is going to uh, tie this next game against the san jose sharks absolutely he's been he's been just on fire and the whole team has really been clicking ever since um Ever since the Borea news, really um, terrible, terrible, you know, thing that's happened mid-season here. But it looks like it might have been that one final galvanizing piece that has really kind of brought the team together. Because you clearly saw how it affected Nylander, especially, and then uh, Sandine as well. Because Sandine's dad was a big-time fan of him. Yeah, I guess we haven't recorded since that happened. Unfortunately, uh, as most of, if not all of Leafs Nation knows by now, we lost Borea Salming. Uh, after a very, very quick uh, battle with ALS, unfortunately. So, um, hey, you want to show off the shirt you're wearing tonight? Being here wearing video, you might as well. Look at that. Borea the King. So So if you want to get yours, you can go ahead and pick one up. We've had the link in the description of our videos from uh, Flo Jergeson. 
And uh, all the, the proceeds go to ALS Canada, I believe. It does, uh, I believe yeah. so. There's actually a sale on right now, I think, 30% off of everything. So um, mm-hmm. everything I've ever ordered from, from the guy has just been absolutely incredible. He's got great designs. Um, definitely check him out, even if you just want to browse right now. But he's got a handful of different designs, and it's all great. You can do the T-shirts. The Poppy 34 is uh, my favorite design of his. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. got one of those as well. Um, this is like the like a baseball tee, so three-quarter sleeve, right? You can get pretty much anything you want. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Okay, so um, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think Marner's going to keep this going. I think it'll be interesting uh, to see if he breaks it because it's going to be against the Lightning. Yes, they're not the same Lightning they've been in. Like, uh, their regular season, I don't know if they're just taking a backseat or they're actually kind of slowing down, but whatever it is, they're still the Lightning, and it's it's not a, they can turn a it shoe on like in that nothing. he's going to break it, you know? Exactly, right? Like, especially against the Leafs, they're not going to be sleeping, so... If anything, uh, I'd be more worried about no. the Lightning come March or April, but I will still be- disbelieve. Uh, believe. Mm. Okay, so. Really fun um, the drinks right now. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get on to tonight's game against the Red Wings, so there was some, obviously some backlash to the Maple Leafs Devils goals called back. And instead of things cooling down because the next game had nothing to talk about, the next game had a lot to talk about um, on the Leafs side. More controversy as Matt Murray knocks the net off not once, not twice, but three times. To which uh, Twitter had a resounding cheater. So, Beaner, what do you think? You're a goalie. So, a- after the first one, Mike McKenna put out, um, I don't know if anybody's ever heard, he's been, he you know, career... I'd say backup goalie. He played a lot in the AHL. He bounced around a little bit, right? Decent goalie, obviously better than any of us because he made it. Um, he put out a little thread on Twitter talking about it. Like it, it, it's especially in the Devils game, it's not Murray's fault because like the the crew had to come out and fix the marsh bags. Even I think it was the Pittsburgh game they had to do that as well. Like they had to come out with the drills, the, t- the torches to melt the ice to get get the marsh pegs back in there properly. Because each arena has different crews that do it, obviously, and not everybody does it the same. It's a very poorly designed system. And basically, as soon as they came up with this over the old steel pegs, they're like, oh, yep, it's good, done. And nobody's looked into it since. So it hasn't been updated. Um, Murray's six foot five, six foot four, six foot five. Like he, he's a big guy. He is, yeah. And in some of these instances, he's pushing off legitimately trying to make a save. Now, he's kind of flirting with disaster a little bit because a lot of times if you watch the replay, as he's coming over, he'll be sliding from left to right. He'll legitimately hit it with his pad so it looks fine. But then just to make sure, he kind of throws the chicken wing elbow up. So... I think it's a little bit of a mix of both. You know, I, I don't I don't want to say veteran savvy because if it was veteran savvy, I think he'd be doing it a little more nonchalantly. Um, but yeah, there's there's a, a little bit of both here. But he's pretty he's he's walking on thin ice because especially doing it this many games in a row, they're going to be watching him. I didn't notice it notice any of it tonight. Now that being said, I had to listen to some of the game, but. See, what I think is the fact that he got a talking to from the ref and they never called a penalty on it leads me to believe that there was some sort of middle ground between, yes, we understand that maybe the net's not staying on the way it should, so stop hitting it so hard. Like, I think there was kind of like a a yes and there because they would have given a penalty if it was like, hey, dude, like, there's nothing wrong with the net, you're hitting it off. But I think the refs understood like, Okay, this is not normal, but you're also pushing it at the same time. So stop doing that, or we're going to call you for this. Maybe it might be oh, like Audrey that... all over again. Oh, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sorry, what? say that again. Uh, okay, maybe man. it might be like Audrey all over again, where the refs caught on to uh, all the calls he was getting. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think the thing that everybody was saying was, why didn't he get called in the Minnesota game? Like, why did he get let off with it? But I mean, that's that's the only explanation I can come up with is there was some like the refs did see that there was something wrong with it. But yeah, you're right. He was selling it. But look, we saw Matthews skate into the thing, like right into the crossbar 
face first and it knocked his teeth out. Like sometimes this thing can take literally if someone's skating into it and it doesn't move. And other times, you know, you tap it with your foot trying to make a save or, you know, you, your foot gets caught in the net of it and comes off. So I don't you, know. you also got to think of, of where it's hitting it. Like if when Matthew skated into it, for example, it was basically dead center of the crossbar right at the top. That's true. So I'm not like I've never taken physics or anything like that. But if you if you think when yeah. it hits there, it's going to kind of a- apply the pressure towards the back of the net. Whereas as Murray's coming across, he's got his entire frame and the momentum just on his skate blade or his pad hitting that post. Now, the style a lot of goalies play now called the reverse VH is where it you're going to have that leg that's against the post vertical instead of horizontal. So then it's putting that much more pressure on the post when you're sliding over and you're trying to stop and get into that position, right? So it's it's a, a very fine line. Um, but, hey, I, I'm used to stuff like this not going our way, like I've said in some other things lately. So I'm I'm not I'm personally not going to complain too much. Just he he should kind of be careful. Well, and I think that's why Twitter is so vocal about this because things never go the Leafs way, and everyone's usually laughing at us. And now it's like, haha, we got some calls, and everyone's like, hey, no, 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 doesn't work that way. The, like, yeah, the war rooms in Toronto. We can win the Stanley Cup, and people will still complain. Yeah. Yep, they'll they'll pull up some call that was reviewed in the finals and oh well why did it go to Toronto which should go somewhere else while they're playing in the finals. Nah. Oh and the net no. came off. <laughs> yep, Murray knocked it off again. Okay, so uh this is a special belief or disbelief episode because obviously Mikey, you host the belief or pod. I do, I do. Uh going into the it's taken years like on and off listening to podcasts. A um, lot of coworkers uh, pressuring me into it, and now that I've like I've uh, done it for about a year now, it's it's awesome. I love this podcast, and uh, what I try to bring to it is I try to bring a more positive look at the uh, team as Twitter crumbles. <laughs> yeah, and I think we need a, a positive voice. There's a, there's a couple of you out there that keep things positive, and I mean we try to as well. But I think what we can do with the amount of people we have is some healthy discussions when some of us start to Darty and I get a little negative, the others can bring us back and it's, it's nice. Uh, so with that, let's go into another one. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe it. Okay. So belief or disbelief on the topic of goalies. Do we think Matt Murray is going to remain the starter after Ilya Samsonov comes off injury, or do we think there's a battle here? Belief or disbelief, Matt Murray is the starter for the remainder of the season. Mikey, start us off. I want to believe it because going into this season before Matt Murray went out with injury, his his story, like him and his dad uh, watching the Leafs as he was growing up, I'm like, this guy is, is so easy to cheer for, and it, it it's a bummer about you know, saying goodbye to Jack Campbell and all that. Um, but with the card that we were dealt and we got uh, Matt Murray out of it, I want to believe it. And he's looked good since coming back from injury where none of us knew what he was going to look like. And I think we were all a little traumatized after the uh, Mrazic experiment last year where he got hurt and then he never got healthy again. He played like a total of eight periods. <laughs> it was insane. And then, there were, I mean, there were stretches where he had to be the starter. But for the first like four months, it was like he'd, he'd get hurt and then he'd come back and then he'd get hurt again. And then, uh, so I think we were all just ready to be ready to be hurt again, collectively. Uh, Beaner, what do you think? I'm going to go disbelief. Um, not that I have anything against Barry coming, coming into the season. Um, <laughs> I was very vocal. I was one of the, I think I was one of the only ones on our podcast that was pro Murray. Um, pretty much throughout the entire offseason and preseason. But not only does Samsonov have a lot more to play for because he doesn't have a contract right now. He's RFA at the end of the year. But I think head office and the coaching staff is going to be very, very careful of trying to, let's use a Raptors term, and load manage. Um, Because I would rather both these guys be rested just in case one of them gets injured down the stretch rather than say ride Murray and have him play 
you know, 80% of the games and come playoff time, he gets hurt. Sammy hasn't played as much, right? If you go a 1A, 1B, I think it'll be fine because the playoff series, the last handful of years, you never know what you're going to run into and you're going to need both goalies. Fair enough. I honestly, I think it rides on how Samsonov returns from this injury. If they want to, you know, keep him rested for a while. And that means that Murray's playing the next, you know, 75% of the games for the next month or so. Uh, or, you know, if Sammy comes back next week, then I think we could see them start sharing the load a little more just because, you know, Murray's just come off an injury too. So just to kind of protect them both. But yeah, it's, it's tough because we don't really ever know the extent of the injuries that these guys have. They keep things quiet. So we'll see. We'll see how uh, everybody returns to health. I am going to say that I believe it because I just think that Murray has, I mean, he's got the cups, he's got the experience. Not that, that like you said, Sammy is playing for a contract and, um, and also has the same upside and has shown it in the games he's played. I just think that, um, I don't know, Keith seems to be somebody that's going to ride on what's working. So, um, moving on, let's talk about tonight's game. Leafs take on the Detroit Red Wings. Um, the Red Wings, they mentioned this on the broadcast. They have a habit of when they lose, they lose really bad. Uh, the Leafs scored four goals on like, what was it? 14 or 16 shots. Like it was, it was two goals on two shots in like 50 seconds. I think it was three goals on six shots or something. Like they they were just hammering them in from the beginning. They got Vili Huso pulled. Uh ouch. I mean, that doesn't happen much to him, but this is the thing is like whenever Detroit loses, they lose bad. They said they've got like 31 goals against in their last five losses. Ouch. Oof. Yeah, and uh you have people on Twitter saying things along I'm not gonna give his Twitter handle or his name a call out, but uh saying things like, oh, the Leafs coming to Detroit to see a proper rebuild and and shit like that. And it's like the Leafs have no. won, I, I, I want to say, the last six, seven games against the Red Wings. Yeah, that, yeah they said that on the scored, broadcast. And scored like something like 20 goals in the last three games against them, I think, total. Like, that's crazy. Bunting if played two games in Detroit last year and had like 11 points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that I'm, one game is I'm just surprised like, the score wasn't closer to 10-7 <laughs> honestly I thought the Leafs were going to score more than 4 but they kind of started to play defensively which I like to see instead of getting sloppy like they did last time and just like fuck it let's score 8 I don't care if we let in 5 they they wanted to at least you know show that they can manage a game once they get a lead which was mature of them it was a step in the right direction a game that Mr. uh Don Cherry would have liked more than the, what was it, 10-7 game or 11-9 or whatever the hell that game ended up. I'm pretty sure it was 10-7 because it was like 10-2 at one point and then Detroit had to come back. Yeah, I remember it was, I think it was like 7-2 or something and then they started coming yeah, back yeah. and then the Leafs scored a couple to make it 10. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that was a silly game. But yeah, when Nedeljkovic came in, I was like, oh, let's just light him up. But he actually, he managed to play pretty well. So um, kudos to Nedeljkovic for for holding on and at least giving Detroit a chance to try to come back. But yeah. I I think Ned, um, so when he was on Carolina, he was a very promising young goalie. Like he was legitimately in the conversation for the Calder Trophy. Yeah. and when Detroit got him, I honestly kind of thought that maybe Stevie Y pulled a fast one. Part of me still thinks that at some point he he might have, because Nedeljkovic has flashes. Like he's a good young goalie. It just shows the the complete ridiculous difference between the team play structures and defensive styles between Carolina and Detroit. That's okay. Carolina ate it on the uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi deal because I think they're regretting that whole situation now. Yeah, they took that one a little too far. No it kidding. That, like one, that one got a little scored. emotional. What's that? It looks like Hyman just scored. I got the, the Oilers game on right now. It looks like he just scored. Nice. Yeah. What's the uh, score right now? I've got a couple fantasy. It's, uh, 1-1. Okay. Between cool. them and Florida. All right. Um, so Moritz Sider opened the scoring tonight 
about uh, just under five minutes in. With a shot from whew, pretty far outside, that was an unfortunate one. And uh, I mean, giving up a goal early on, early on, especially against a team like the Red Wings, not fun. Uh, kind of getting back to the old ways of the first couple of games, fighting back. But uh, I don't think it it shook them the same way that it had in the early games. They managed to, to score two more before the end of the period and really quick too. So got to give kudos to the team on that. And beautiful goals too. They were both a vintage Matthews goal. And then just uh, a work of art from Nylander. Yeah, I uh, I only managed to see the replays of these ones. I was watching the game on my phone at work. Oof. I know the feeling. <laughs> I know. It's it's I fun though because a... we get all the little all the Leaf fans kind of crowd around. They're like, what, "What's the score?" <laughs> I was. I mean, I'm not distracting driving. people at work. If anybody's listening to this, <laughs> I didn't hear a thing. No. Um. So the fact that. Matthews, Nylander, and Mitch Marner all scored tonight. It's like, this is, what did we say? When the top line clicks, they're probably going to win. This is it. They were one away from the core four scoring a hat trick. (laughs) What was was Dubas' line? We can and we will? Yeah. There you go. Um, The one goal that I want to talk about, though, was uh, the Sandman's. Because uh, there was a little, little bit of a question of whether this one went off somebody, eh? Did you see this? So this is the one that they thought Bunting might have tipped. They looked at it a few times. So that was. Yeah. So Sandine shot this one and it was in the air and it looks like Bunting goes to tip. it. And this is what bugs me is why would you go to do this if it's a high stick? Like if you're if you have to reach up to try to tip the puck, don't do that. It's not going to count. It looks like it just barely skims by. I know. Sorry. (laughs) No, 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 it's all good, Mike. Um, like nine times out of ten, if you're going for the tip anyways, you're going to be coming, like starting up and coming down into it. So I, I don't sure. think you would even you would even think about it, right? Because in your head, by the time I hit it, I'm going to be back down. Because you don't True, ever... I guess. Oh, I was just going to say, you don't ever see someone just lift the stick up and tip it unless they're stopping, like almost like they're going to bunt it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it's coming from I, it's coming from the ground right up so it's coming up so you're assuming yeah. that it's not going to go that high and it, it kept going up but he didn't tip it and it still went in like i don't know i feel like if you slowed this down and they had better cameras i think he might have touched this one honestly because it's the the puck is doing that floppy like something touched it are you watching the replay uh, yeah sorry i'm watching it again right now <laughs> I was in. I was honestly in watching this part of the game. Not that I'm like hoping a goal gets called back, but like just on the trend of the Leafs, the Leafs winning these these situations lately. When this has historically been always against the Leafs, like and whether winning convincingly too. Yeah, Ugh. I don't. I don't think Let's... he he touched it. Um, sorry, Mike. Just like watching no it again there. Now that I can actually come right up close to seeing it as it's leaving. Sandman stick it's already wobbling and flopping in the air and the trajectory stays the same so like it it doesn't change trajectory it just keeps flopping and then he just misses it with his glove it's just what's crazy is that the question is whether it hit Hyman or uh, Hyman bunting stick what when it was up but the puck would have kept going up theoretically on that trajectory and gone over the net, but it went in. Like if it was high enough that it would have been a high stick, then it wouldn't wasn't going into the net. If it didn't hit a stick, it it wouldn't have gone up and gone over because of the way it was flopping. Because that would just completely mess with all the the momentum, right? What a weird shot. Okay. What a wonderful sport we all love. I know, right? <laughs> after, honestly, after watching watching one game of the World Cup, sorry Canada, I, that was that was a rough one. Congrats for scoring the first goal right, and the Canada. first, yeah, first first goal and first goal ever. Congrats, Alfonso Davies. But yeah, game didn't go their way after that. Um, but after watching a game where th- things are decided so quickly and the ball is so big and it's easy to see where it goes and when it's onside or offside, literally. There was a call where they're like, um, who was a uh, Ch- uh, Czech Republic? Who, no, is that where they were playing? Croatia. Czech? Croatia. Fuck. Thank you. So Croatia 
uh, scored a goal and it was challenged for offside immediately. They go to this this like weird 3D rendering view of like a, a wall. And keep in mind, the offside line in soccer is not, uh, not static. It is dynamic. It moves around. It's not a blue line. It's wherever the last defender is. So they're, they're able to put a line up and they can render in where the players were and they just like show, oh, this guy's like front half of his body was offside. He is about a foot offside. Yeah, that's no goal. They did this whole thing like from the call on the field being no goal to showing the review on camera to going back to the game in like 40 seconds. And I'm like, what? This... <laughs> Okay. And it takes us five minutes to decide anything. Five minutes if we're lucky to decide anything in the NHL. Why do they have such low quality cameras to check these things? Why don't they have the ability to do this? Like here, there's just a line. Was the player over it or not? Like we can just put a, an invisible wall up and you can see what's not there because you block out everything that's on the other side of the blue line. Like it can be I'm, so I'm... cut and dry. I'm not sure because it's the same with uh, tennis, right? The VAR in tennis is ridiculously accurate and stupid fast. Yeah. So I, I so, don't know why hockey is so far behind in it. But no, I mean, to bring it back, it's not that they can do something like this for a high stick. But I think the point is that it's it's so hard to make these calls in hockey. Like We love such a dumb random game and I love it. <laughs> it's an adrenaline rush every game. Yeah, because I think, I mean, it's been said about hockey that it's the most, um, how, do, how do I put this? Like, the best chance of the worst team winning against the best team than any other sport, any other major sport. Like, you could have, I mean, look, Arizona beats Toronto all the time. But if you put, like, the worst team in football up against the best team in football, there's no way they're going to win. Like, it just doesn't happen in any other sport. I mean, sometimes in basketball, but not as much. <laughs> um, so anything, uh, we got to too many men on the ice penalty, of course. <laughs> I just have to point that out every time it happens. The world is back. Yeah, that feels like another Leaf game. Right? The sky is still blue. Nature is healing. The Leafs yeah, got yeah. too many men on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they were kind of saved by uh, Sunquist. Hey, here, I'm trying to, because I, I was thinking about what we're going to talk about on the way home. This is a good one to talk about. Mitch Marner, um, was he or was he not tripped by Oscar Sunquist? Um, I think he sold this one a little bit. He was getting in Tim Stutzla area. I don't know if I'd say Stutzla. Um, oh, it, was, a, it was maybe a little too far. It was It was definitely... He went down easier than you would expect, but at the same time, he was tired. It was a penalty kill. So, I mean, Larkin was pissed about it. Well, that yeah, sounds he's like a Larkin a problem. Team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, I want to find more to talk about the, about this game, but like the Leafs were clicking. The top line is great. Austin Matthews has found his scoring touch again. William Nylander is continuing to be fantastic. He's got 13 goals. Tavares has 14 assists. Like, these Even guys when the Leafs were shit in October, points. Tavares was like the one thing to believe in, at least game right? in and game out. <laughs> yeah, and they've all got over 20 points now, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Matthews yeah, that... had 11 goals. Mm-hmm. The whole team has just been playing really great over the last little while. Um, it's been been really nice to see. They are ten yeah. one and three in uh, in this month. Oh my god! Of course they are. After Which a is... horrible October, when we're talking about trading people, they're like, "All right, all right, <laughs> fine." I, uh, I we just wanted to test up. you guys, saying that the regular season doesn't matter. We'll see how how long you guys can take it. Oh, what's that? Like eight games? Great. <laughs> I uh, I want to look up the stats because, like, from what I had heard, November of last year was the Leafs' most winningest month in in their franchise history, which is it's crazy to believe. Um, they're on. It feels like they're on par to break it. If anything, I just want to look at the overtimes, but I feel like we only had two losses that November, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Be I'm looking at Beaner for this one. I don't remember. Um, 
it's it's pretty close, but I think with our overtime losses, um, I think we're just behind it. Yeah, they left like three, four points on the table there with those overtimes. Man, that was a pain. Like, it's one of those things. I know I keep talking about this, but if you're new here, fine. It's the first time you're hearing it. How about that? Um, <laughs> the uh, two, was it last year? The the Blue Jays missed the postseason by literally the equivalent of, uh, like, was it half a game? Was it, it was a game or half a game, which, like, in the NHL would work out to be, like, I don't know, two or three points. So those things matter at the end of the season. So don't hook it up in October. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's all. The one thing that I... <laughs> and I thought Victor... I was drunk. <laughs> it's This is... Okay, you can see I'm wearing all black, all black, because I just got home from work on set. My coat is literally still behind me. I have been working since, I don't know, nine, some, nine this morning. So, yeah, I'm a little tired. <laughs> Looks like um, we looks like we went twelve and two last November. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do that. But Victor Mete was in tonight instead of Connor Timmins. And you want to uh, you want to talk about that, Beaner, because you have a better explanation than Mike or I do about waivers. Ziz, waivers is. So yeah, it was a little little eyebrow raising seeing him, according to Cap Friendly, go down to the Marlies. Um, but it it's more of a, a paper transaction, kind of like when was it back in the was it the bubble year when they were doing that to Sandine all the time? Um, basically, Mete started the year with the Marlies and was called up, so he's had roughly twenty two days as a roster like an emergency or injury call up, however you want to word it. Once you hit. 30 days as a call-up or 10 games played and he's only at eight then you would require waivers to go back down okay so i wouldn't be surprised even if they on paper sent him back down tomorrow man it's like dubas caught on to the fact that nobody is safe on waivers uh if there's anybody that's worth something uh they are going to get claimed and if there's anybody that he wants to be claimed. No one's going to take them. Everybody has the Leafs entire playbook. For some reason, it's like no one is paying attention to any other team on cap friendly, except the Leafs. Everyone has it memorized. So whenever they make a transaction, they're like, everyone's got it bookmarked. (laughs) Yeah. They've got players on their watch list and the rest of them are, they're like, Nope, that would be helping you. (laughs) Nice try, Kyle. (laughs) I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Batman has a group chat that you know, the Leafs put someone on waivers and he messages everybody, hey, you got to take them. We got to take away any advantage they have. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fucking man. God okay. damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, so I want to go to some questions here. I apologize, everybody listening. Um, when we did our last episode and we were like, how come we're at like 50 minutes and we feel like we've run out of stuff to do? And we're like, trying to find something to talk about and then we just ended and as soon as i hit end i was like oh shit we didn't do questions i'm sorry everybody who sent in questions we didn't get to you last time we're gonna do that this time um we have a question from the canadalorian or the canadalorian it's like mandalorian but canada canadalorian oh that's nice eh bud right it's got like a his profile pictures like the The Mandalorian head, but it's red and white. Good no, because I it's funny. I almost got through it and then I pictured like a scene from The Mandalorian <laughs> where he's like got Oh, just carrying the young one here, eh? And they're like <laughs> Oh, we're gonna <laughs> stop for Tim's, eh, bud? <laughs> Protecting the youngling here, eh? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So, uh, Canalorian asks, uh, should Keith be in the Jack Adams conversation? Absolutely. So, this, sorry, this kind of irks me sometimes because. Go off. Not what, only. What, what grinds your, your gears? <laughs> not what did only. We, come with... up? we had a name for it Beans. Uh, we got uh, a, something your beans. Boils my beans or burns my beans or something. Boils your beans. (laughs) I don't know. I don't cook beans. I don't like eating them. So Um. (laughs) you're stuck with it. 
this episode's going what, off the rails quick. I love um, it. What boils, what boils your beans? So, like, the, a, a coach. I join who's in on one episode team, and it's off the rails. <laughs> a, a coach who is coaching a good team or a team that's doing well, unless they're like the devil's say, where they're shit last year and they're doing great this year, they don't get any recognition. Like, how the hell has John Cooper not won the Jack Adams yet? Seriously. I know Tampa has gone through and they've quote-unquote cheated in years past. And yes, they have great players. But just ask Scotty Bowman, who coached the the Red Wings dynasty, who coached the the Habs dynasty of the 70s. You may think it's easy to coach a team full of superstars. It wouldn't be. you got to keep everybody happy, make sure they're all happy with their ice time, their power play time. They're line mates, everything like that. It's it's a, there's a lot more to it than just opening the gate and say, "Hey, go." Like, yeah, Cooper I mean, we've talked get... about it with Keith a lot. Like, how do you how do you coach guys that think they're uncoachable? That are like, "I'm better than you." Like, Sheldon, you didn't even make it a couple years in the NHL on the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. Why should I listen to you? I can score sixty goals. Like that, there is a, a mentality. I'm not saying that these guys are like disrespectful to coaches like that, but like there is a mentality of like. How do you coach superstars? Sorry, go no, on. I, I no, I absolutely, and and coaches that are coaching teams like that do not get enough credit. Um, the Maple Leafs have a very long history. A lot of it has been dark, but they do have some very good times in there, and we've had some Hall of Fame coaches. And Keith has the best record, like the best winning percentage of any of the coaches we've had. Like, we've had Pat Quinn, we've had Pat Burns, we've had coaches who have won the Jack Adams. Like, it, it's it punch him like back in the 60s. Like, if you want to go way back, now his general managing skills were a little shoddy, but <laughs> coaching wise, he was great. Like, it, it's, it never gets, and I don't know if it's the Toronto media always putting a neg- negative spin on everything as to why he hasn't gotten any recognition lately. And you can't even say playoffs. And like take that into effect because it's supposed to be a regular season award. Like it, it, it's not as easy everybody, as everybody thinks it is. And they've been def- defensively, they've been one of the better teams in the league since he's been in. Just look at Campbell. Campbell was an all-star on the Leafs and he goes oh. to Edmonton who everybody thought had a better defense than Toronto does. And he's sub 900. Oh, but Evander Kane's better than Austin Matthews. That's why. So. Hmm. At gambling, maybe. I read that. I read. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, I just had Need to check. So for that burn. <laughs> it's the uh, the broadcasters association that votes for the Jack Adams Award. For reference, if anybody did not know who it is, because it's different people that vote for the different ones. I was wondering if it was, you know, GMs or media or yeah. So I personally think that the ones that are going to be in the Jack Adams running are going to be like your Dave Hackstall and your Lindy Ruff and like because they tend to just give it to you turned a shit team into a decent team and like Seattle Kraken are in second in their division right now and they would should not uh, be good I, I can't remember the name but would Boston's coach be in there just because I swear every podcast I keep up with had even myself I put Boston out of a playoff box. I'm like, no, this is their, they're done. Um, and they're eating crow. They're top of the fucking league. Uh, Jim Montgomery is uh, currently the coach of the Bruins. And yeah, honestly, I thought the same thing. I didn't think they were going to be anywhere this year, uh, close to a playoff spot, or at least like fighting for the wild card, just with the age of all those guys. And uh, man, the fact that they're still able to pull it together, I think that says more about like the whole culture and, uh, system that they have there and the fact that it's the same guys that know how to play together it's like uh, but then how, again it, it brings it back to like how do you it how do you coach that like how does Jim Montgomery as the as the new guy essentially step in with Patrice Bergeron and company and say all right we're gonna do this and they're like okay Jim we've been here much longer than you so that being said um there clearly is a big difference because the the Cassidy had lost the room Look at DeBrusque. DeBrusque yeah. was asking for a trade, and he Cassidy's gone now, and everything's all hunky-dory. He's still on the team. Pasternak's doing great. DeBrusque's doing great. It's I, I, I think at the end of the year, assuming everything kind of stays and plays out the way it's looking like it's going to play out now, I think you're right. Hackstall will be in there. Lindy Ruff will be in there. And then it's probably going to be a toss-up between Montgomery and Cassidy. 
because even Cassidy going to Vegas, they didn't make the playoffs last year, and they're on fire this year without their starting goalie. Isn't it funny how we can say, well, Cassidy lost the Bruins, goes over to Vegas, and is back in the running for the Jack Adams? <laughs> like, what a weird league this is. Like, it's well, that's... it's so much about the synergy between them, right? Well, that's Let's like the again. Boar as well. What a silly sport we all love. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like look at look at Pete DeBoer. He he was in the in New Jersey. Took the Devils to the Cup final, I believe, in his first year. Lasted there two or three years. Went to San Jose. Took San Jose to the Cup final. Lasted there a couple years. Went to Vegas. Took them to the conference final. Lasted there a couple years, and then now he's in Dallas, and Dallas is doing great. Like some coaches just have that. The first couple of years, they they go off. Peter Laviolette was like that for a while, and then he's kind of toned it down lately. But so to bring it all the way back to Canadalorian's <laughs> uh, question about should uh, should Sheldon Keith be in Jack Adams conversation? Eh? Um, yeah, but just the I guess the conclusion we've come to is he probably won't be just because of the way that this voting usually works and what we've come to expect in the history and everything. If he was it would be nice and we think he deserves to i think that's it our next question comes from um somebody new this is at tml fan in van goes by run it goes by run it back (laughs) 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 thanks marty is matt murray elite so this is kind of a callback to i at least i think (laughs) the fact that um, for a long time, a certain person on this podcast liked to say that Jack Campbell was elite. And uh, we kind of hopped on the Jack Campbell's elite train, uh, ooh, I'd say around this time last year. So based on the performance, I mean, I'm not going to go all that way, especially because we've seen, I think, Eric Schalgren play more games than we've seen either Samson or Murray play at this point. So um, I... I hope so. I mean, I like what I see. Um, the Some of the, the net front rebound control could use some work and the, the scrambles in front of the net have been a little... That's where some of the bad ones have been given up. Other than that, he's made some fantastic saves on high danger shots. Um, his reflexes are good. I think it's it's just that control when he's down in front of the net that's that could use some work. Otherwise, I think he's great. Mikey, what do you think of what you've seen so far? I well, like going into this season, I really wanted to believe in in our goalies, and now that we've gotten to see both of them, not in the way that we had all hoped, uh, it's nice to see that we have consistency from both of our goalies. We just have to believe that they can stay healthy at the same time now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the trouble. Um, I mean, we showed last year that as long as somebody's healthy and can be in the net. <laughs> they'll be okay but we kind of pushed the envelope on on how far we can go with as long as there's someone in the net because we almost got to the end of that list (laughs) well like starting to push it oh definitely Shalgren's played 10 games Murray six and Samson off eight ah Um, that was right so Murray yes he's only played six games he's still in the top 15 in the league for goals saved above expected so it's not like he's Like it, it, it's not like he's playing horrible. Yeah, he's been a little rusty. Yeah, his rebounds have been kind of iffy. And there was a couple of game, I think just the first game back where I even questioned on the podcast afterwards, like uh, he's looking a little shaky up high. But a- every time you see something and it looks like, oh, you know, he kind of has to work on that. It seems like the next game he's fixed it. So this is still a guy who has played very little hockey over the last calendar year. And not only that, he's had tons of change, like the different media for going from the lowly Senators to the Leafs, a a team that doesn't know what defense is in the Senators to a team that's one of the best defensive teams in the league, despite what TSN says. Like it's, I'm going to, I'm going to follow Marty there and uh, I'm going to say he's elite. I mean, Matt Murray saved 42 of 44 shots tonight i didn't realize the shot clock got that high i knew it was at like 30 something when the leafs were still trying to crack 20 man the red wings got a lot of shots off tonight they beat the the red wings had 
it's it felt like uh, like watching the broadcast. Every stat that came up, it looked like red uh, the Red Wings had our number at it, except for the scoreboard. And except for blocks, holy shit! <laughs> Have you seen this counter? Red Wings had five shot blocks. The Leafs, twenty three. <laughs> I have never seen them block that many. Zach Aston Reese with three blocks. Mitch Marner with three. Austin Matthews with five. Are you kidding? Lilligren with uh, three. Hall with two. Hollowell with two. Austin Matthews blocked five shots. Thank you, Fantasy Points, sir. That's something you you block like 15 (laughs) all season. (laughs) Also, Murray was a .925 coming out of tonight. Oof, yeah. Oh, nine nine fifty five. I've got here. Right? fifty. Yeah. Wild. Uh, Huso with a uh, six ninety two for all y'all fantasy holders of <laughs> so tonight. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Um. Why okay. Would... So, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, why would you pick up? Like, why would you even risk picking up Huso for for a game? Tonight? I don't know, man. Like, I lucked out. I picked up Shalgren because I needed one more goalie start over the weekend, and I picked him up for the back-to-back, and he won. So I was quite happy about that one. Quite, quite. Um, there were okay. Am I forget? I'm forgetting. There was something that we wanted to talk about before we started on here. I had another topic. Well, you were doing questions. Yeah, um, those are all the questions we have from from Twitter here. Let me just check Discord. Oh, we did have one on Discord actually. We had a good one. Hold on. This one is from Scott. This was from before the game at 4.15. Scott on Discord asks, with the Leafs defense banged up and generally on the smaller size, could they be helped by trading for Ilya Labushkin? Falling out of favor in Buffalo, he likely would be cheap, and the Sabres may pay a good portion of his salary. He played well for Toronto and was good in the playoffs from game four on. Go, Leafs, go. I'm good. I'm good without him. I think we've kind of filled that slot with Jordy Ben. Hopefully he comes back soon. Oh, did we have an update on his injury? I've missed if there's uh, been anything said on that. I haven't, I haven't really seen anything. anything. Yeah, see, that's what I... I think they're keeping that and one it felt quiet. like he just came back, too. Uh, there's nothing on, nothing on it. So, I mean, I think between him and... Um, I don't know. Mete... Who else? I, I, like Justin Hall's kind of finding that too. Like he's been getting better. I it's funny because I said it on the Believers like just earlier this year that um, as much as I try to love this entire roster, Hall has looked cartoonishly bad, um, like falling over his own skates, bumping into his own teammates. Um, but he looks like he's tightened up his game and even tried to uh, to put one behind the net tonight, which was nice to see. Yeah, and he's consistently been playing the most minutes every night. I mean, yeah, he came out of tonight a minus one, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Trade him. But, <laughs> but, look, he's, like I said, he's playing the most minutes while these guys are hurt. You can't expect uh, rookie, kind of rookies, uh, Lilligren and Sandine to do that, and 39-year-old Giordano, and then actual rookie Hollowell. Like, there's nobody else that can play these minutes right now. So Justin Hall is the next in line to step up to this slot. as Whether you like it or not, he's there. And honestly, he, he's been playing well in the role. Another one I want to shout out tonight here. You know what? Let's do, let's do one of these. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Why? Pretty good. Uh, let's finish this off with a pretty good tonight. Uh, I got to give mine just based off of one clip that I saw while I was watching. <laughs> Pierre Engvall is using his size <laughs> again, ladies and gentlemen. He forced a turnover by hitting somebody and got the puck, and that was fantastic. I have to just give a little, <laughs> little giraffe noise for my, my favorite big man who's finally, finally getting back on his game. It would have been nice to see him score a goal because I had picked him for the Tim Hortons pick a player today. Why would you do that? <laughs> <I> wanted to <laughs> believe. 
<laughs> Who are your other options? The dude has stopped. Like, Here, until me, he starts scoring, <laughs> until he starts scoring, he's I not was, I score. was hoping he would have started tonight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I wouldn't bank on it, honestly, until he's got one. Then it's like, okay, now he's going to start going. Does he have one this season, even? I think yeah. I think he at least has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's okay, got so a he's got two. He's got two. He's got I got uh, Connor McDavid, which that was the safe bet. Uh yeah. Pierre Engvall and Dougie Hamilton. Okay, 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 okay. That's fair. Um <laughs> who 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 do you think was pretty good tonight? Uh I, I'm gonna say Nylander. Just I really liked his power play goal, and I honestly I I've loved what he's brought to the team this year, like the confidence and the the drive that he has. Um, even uh, throughout October, where the Leafs were, eh, um, Tavares and Nylander were were two of our shining spots, and I'm I'm gonna give this one to Nylander. Ten of Nylander's twenty five points have been on the power play. Honestly, like I can confidently guess when the Leafs are going on the power play if someone's going to score on it it's probably going to be Nylander like he's got five of his 13 goals have come on the power play uh it's it's like when when things aren't clicking there he's the only one that stays on it's like we talk about all the time he's the one that can stay cool he's unaffected by the emotions and and the head games that seem to get into the other sometimes he just kind of does his thing no matter what's going on and I think the power play is where that's the most helpful because I think it's the most hot and cold and the most with how those guys are. Cause it's really, it's putting the four of them together. So, you know, it, they live or die by how well they're playing. And I think Nylander has consistently been the one that's uh, been keeping it up on there. So good that time. Swedish, that Swedish AI technology is crazy. Cause he's just been a robot out there. <laughs> well, what's the, that Sonnet insurance commercial. They got like a, uh, some stick for him or something. Particle that, accelerator like, stick, yeah. Yeah. There and then go. Gilmore's got a puck in his head. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, actually, speaking of uh, Gilmore, did you see the uh, the OVO Leafs release? I want a hat. They look yeah. gorgeous. I'm probably not going to get one because I, I don't have much more room for hats, but the hats <laughs> look nice. <laughs> so uh, if anybody missed it, uh, I think it comes out Oh, it came out today. The uh, OVO X Leafs line that was modeled by Curtis Joseph and uh, Dougie Gilmore. Dougie G. Sick. Uh, so, Peter, what about you? Who was pretty good tonight? Um, I'm actually going to go for uh, the Thanksgiving weekend. The whole weekend. Uh, Mikey Bunts. Oh, baby. I, I don't know what's got into him, but Bunting's been, I, I think he's been great over the last three games. Um, he's had a couple gorgeous assists and he's, he's being typical bunting, the bunting that we saw all last year that we all fell in love with getting under people's skin, yelling, you know, obscenities at the refs over <laughs> phantom hooking calls. The and assist he was... got on Matthew's goal against the Penguins was like, that feels like what, what a Michael bunting assist should be. That was absolutely beautiful. Like that alone deserves it. And that wasn't even this game. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw the video of them skating off the ice. I don't know if it was in Minnesota or Pittsburgh. When Giordano is just stepping off the ice and Bunting's coming up behind him. Giordano! Yeah. Someone just <laughs> got, caught him with his phone. Just He's bunting. our lovable fucking rat. <laughs> yeah. So oh, one of the media guys interviewed... Oh, sorry, one of the media right. guys interviewed Gio about it. And Gio's like, I, I don't really even think anything of it. The guy literally never stops talking. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, oh shit! I forgot what I was gonna say. Actually, it's okay. <laughs> I had oh, I had Roscoe. something. There was something there. Um, I don't know. It's gone. It's okay. It'll come back. Uh, yeah, it'll come back. Your three stars of the night: Austin Matthews, Matt Murray, and Moritz Cider. Mo Cider. Like that. Feels right. Feels good. Feels good to see Austin Matthews with the first star, you know? Like we said, nature's healing. Speaking of Matthews, why in the hell is everybody so concerned about him? Like, I tweeted out this 
when was it last game? Like everybody's saying, Oh, something's got to be wrong with him. Something's got to be wrong with him. What if this is his Iserman year? Like all summer when people were blowing up for the team, I kept, and not only me, other people did it too. Basically <laughs> your house is falling apart there, Roscoe. Um, no, people come home at every hour of the night and slam the fucking door. This is why I'm moving on the weekend. Anyways, um, it, that that Red Wings team of the early 90s, or well, really the entire 90s, they were so promising and so good for so long. And then they just they couldn't get over the hurdle. They kept constantly either getting bad eliminations in the playoffs or just choking all together. They, they couldn't do it. Everybody constantly wanted to blow the team up and it never did. And they kept it together and they won. When Eisenman came in the league, he was one of the best goal scorers in the league. He was putting up hundred point seasons all the time. And it, there was, there was a shift that it, it wasn't about him. It wasn't about scoring. He just, he wanted to win. And even though Matthews isn't the captain, I kind of think this might be what we're seeing happen this year. Like last year, he had 67 hits in the entire year in 73 games. He's already at 42. It had like, to be 67. That. Oh, yeah, it had to be 67 last year. But like, it always he's, he's has le- to be 67. He's legitimately been in the Selkie conversation for best defensive forward because he's that good defensively. And he's still out there winning Rocket Richard trophies and Hart trophies for being the best player in the league. Like, at this point, the only thing he doesn't have is playoff success. So I get it. They've interviewed him before, and he has come out and said, not, you know, none of that stuff matters to me. 40, 50, 60, 70 goals, whatever. It doesn't matter. He just wants to win. And I believe it. Not that any pro athlete is going to say anything other than they want to win. But you've seen... As he's come along year in, like as the years go by, you've seen him add extra defensive aspects to his game on top, excuse me, on top of being one of the best offensive threats in the league. And I think this is just all of that culminating together because even when he has the puck and he has a good chance, he doesn't care about scoring it right now. He's actually giving up an opportunity, even though he could be the goalie. There's no goalie in this league. He can't beat one-on-one with a shot. He's proven that, and he's passing it to his teammates because, you know, there might be a a 2% better chance that they can score it than him because they're in a better position because he's Mm. focused on the end game. And everybody's complaining, saying that he's he's not himself, he's not himself. Like, his expected goals per 60 minutes played, he's still over one and a half. (laughs) Like, if if you expect him to play 60 minutes and he's still expecting to get a goal and a half a game, like, that's... This man is inhuman. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been hearing he's been playing injured. He doesn't look injured. No. No. He wouldn't be throwing, like we said with the hits, he wouldn't be throwing his body around like that and battling the way he has been and fighting through being triple teamed to try to get shots off if he was hurt. It's just, you know, it's not easy to break through the kind of defending you get when you're a superstar. Like, Absolutely. The thing that I wanted to say before um, I remember, there was a little funny clip I saw from that Pittsburgh game of uh, Sid the uh, aging kid, Sid the angry kid, Sid the, well, the uh, slam of the door and you could see the steam the... coming out of his ears. Holy shit, was he ever <laughs> mad? Did you see that line change though? Like that line change oh, off the ice like, without a like, care in the world. Yeah, that's like something a guy on my beer league team would do if you don't pass him the puck. <laughs> yeah, it looked like that time when uh, it was like two years ago when Tampa had like 10 players on the ice at once because their line change was so sloppy where it was like the whole line jumped off before the other one even came off. Like it was just like a whole line came off and another line didn't come out. It was like, <laughs> what just happened? But that is so, it's so uncharacteristic of Sid when the puck is on his side of the ice not even cleared of the neutral zone and he just oh stands up straight and slowly skates over to the bench like did he think he heard a whistle i don't i don't know if he heard someone call him off like someone was waving him over that someone was jumping off and then they didn't i don't know but he looked so mad oh my god well then i think he either heard hurt himself or messed up his skate afterwards because even the broadcast was talking about it 
when he was coming out for face-offs afterwards, normally he has a pretty wide stance, right? And he's low to the ground for a low center of gravity to try to win that face-off. Oh, he yeah. was pretty vertical for most of his face-offs the rest of the night. Oh, he hurt himself. And what if that's like, it's like McDavid trying to get in a fight and missing and punching the wall. It's like these guys that shouldn't be fighting and shouldn't be getting angry and they just lose their temper and hurt themselves. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That That's our hour tonight. Uh, Mikey D, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you guys for having me. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a great one. Uh, tell the people, you know, where they can find you and what you're all about here on the Belief for Pod. Okay, so I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at MikeyD underscore 392. I made it easier, so that way you can find me easy on both. Uh, and then the show, I need to be more active on both Twitter and Instagram, but it's at Beliefers Pod. Uh, going into this year, because I live a lot closer to work, um, I'm trying to keep to, uh, stick to a, uh, weekly schedule for, for the believers. So there's a new episode every Saturday. Nice. And, uh, they can find you anywhere. Are you, uh, podcast platforms? Yeah. On everything on, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, if you, any, anywhere you turn a corner and you're going to see, you're going to see a reason to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you for bringing some positivity. Um, Beaner, anything uh, hockey history you want to end with tonight? I know there were some original six clips they showed. Um, the only thing that really jumped out that uh, probably wouldn't be super important to a lot of people, but with me being such a goalie fanatic, um, on this day in back in 1925, Montreal Canadiens goaltender George Vesna collapses on the ice and would end up passing away four months later due to tuberculosis. So he, wow. as, as, as everybody, did not know that. Yep, everybody knows the the Vesna Trophy for the best goaltender of that season, and it's named after him. He was a, a very very talented goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens in the in the twenties, well late late teens, early twenties, and yeah, he ended up pat, collapsing on the ice and passed away four months later. Jeez, four one for a fallen homie. I've got, I've got nothing to drink here, but I will. I was uh, uh, Newfoundland <laughs> screech rum, so my chest is on fire. Ah, boy. <laughs> I, I, I do got a quick story, if it's okay to share. Hell yeah. Uh, it is why Newfoundland screech rum is my go-to drink. And uh, what's cool is I have not even uh, talked about this story on my podcast yet. Um, this was about a decade and a bit ago. I went to Newfoundland for the March break. Uh my grandparents who were newly retired at the time, I was staying over at their place. We went to a family members, uh, to celebrate my birthday, my great grandfather's birthday. And I can't recall if it was an uncle or a nephew. It was someone, there was a third birthday. And, uh, my great grandfather, he goes into the back room and he comes out with a bottle of Newfoundland screech rum. And I ask him if I could take a look at the bottle. He hands me the bottle. <laughs> I see 45%. I'm like, shit, is this going to kill me? And the only thing that man told me, shut up and drink it. <laughs> so now every time I just LC, I get the screech and I shut up and drink it. <laughs> so I have to, I have to expand on this or make you expand on it. So we have a lot of uh, international listeners that love to learn about Canadian things. Can you explain what Newfoundland screech whiskey is? It's rum. It's strong rum, shit. Yeah. yeah, it's spicy. It goes good with Coke Zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the whole? Do you have like a, a brief summary of the whole screeching screecher thing? I that no, because like I know there's uh, you got to recite um, some kind of passage, and if you screw up, you got to kiss a cod, and you got to do it uh, consistently until you get it right or, or something like that. But I don't want to kiss a fish. Which is why I've never taken the chance. But I'll stick to the shots, though. <laughs> so, basically, uh, the small province on the east coast of Canada likes to do a little thing to induct you into their their little uh, family out there. By uh, I guess I don't know. I don't know much about it. Banner, help me out. I'm dying here. 
like it's they they call you come from a ways if you're not from newfoundland um and then you you can get screeched in to be an honorary newfoundlander so either uh drink some screech kiss a cod or there's a couple other little things i have not been out to newfoundland yet so i definitely have not been been screeched in um but definitely at some point has to be out there. And just as, as you were bringing that up, Roscoe, of how we have people from all over that listen and, and they like to hear things about Canada, it's like some of the topics we have covered on our country on this podcast, everybody must think we're just all drunk and crazies. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> like, like, really? so weird. <laughs> I hope I give uh, off that impression. <laughs> oh, we are, we bring every piece of every corner of Canada to this show, I swear. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, thank you all so much for joining us for another evening of Leafs Late Night. We will be back uh, on Wednesday when the Leafs take on the San Jose Sharks, and we'll see if uh, Mitch Marner makes it 18 in a row or not. They're going to look yeah. sharp in the reverse retros. Hell yeah, they will. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. Believe it, baby.